Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the After Message edition of our Next Steps podcast. So here is my question today. Can some of the hardest things that we face uh, in our lives, you know, whether it's uh, like broken relationships of one form or another, maybe being overlooked again at work rather than being treated fairly for the value that we've brought over the years or having one or more thing that hits us financially when we least expected it um, or certainly least needed it. Can these things really be good in our lives? That's my question. Do those things really build our faith or do we just bear through them and somehow hope and believe that they have a certain God-ordained purpose? Truth be told, we don't really see it. Can those things really be good? That's, that's my question. And that's what we're going to wrestle with today on our podcast. I'm glad you're listening. If you are, I'm Steve Veal. I'm here with Tyler Newsom. And Tyler, I'm really glad uh, that we have our guests that we have here today. Uh, why don't you introduce who he is? And then I'm going to tell you why I'm so glad that he's here. Yeah, we have uh, Spencer Purdy here mm-hmm. with us, uh, one of our worship leaders here at Westridge. And um, I'm glad too, but I think we're glad for the same reason. Yeah, because this is a tough topic that yeah. we're going to be wrestling with today. It is. And we need at least one smart guy at the table. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's <what> it, <laughs> we, we do need that. Uh, there is a reason they've asked you and I to lead this that's thing. Right. It's because we're great at asking questions we don't quite know the answer <laughs> that's <right>. to. <laughs> that, that's right. So, Spencer, great to have you, man. Hey, glad to be here. Yes, and listen, you killed it yesterday, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. Introduced a new song uh, to us. What was the name of that song? Uh, it was uh, Hymn of Heaven. The Hymn of Heaven? Hymn of Heaven, yep. Wow. Brian Johnson and Phil Wickham. Yep. That was good. I love the way you set it up, too. So if uh, you didn't get a chance to listen to that yet, you need to go back and listen to it. Good, really good song. So, and so I kind of want to jump into it. So let me give the background. Uh, so Pastor John Morgan was our teacher yesterday, and uh, the title of his message was Standing for Faith, and we're in the series um, In the Waiting. And so um, John was taking a look at the teaching of uh, the Apostle Paul from 1 Thessalonians, because we were in chapter 3 now, and uh, and here Paul is con- continuing to address the persecution that these believers were facing uh, there in Thessalonica. And um, Paul seemed to be offering a greater, bigger vision for what they were experiencing. And so one of uh, Pastor John's first points that I thought was really good had to do with, listen to this, the expected trials and struggles to living a life of faith um, in a culture that would, uh, you know, that's not indifferent to our faith, in fact, oftentimes is in opposition to it. And so they were facing a lot of persecution, same as today. Um and then ultimately, I think the the, the win of it all was uh, what allows us to rise above all of that is a deeper faith. So here was my question what I was wrestling with. In you guys' experience, um, is that kind of faith that he was describing yesterday and that we see in these Thessalonians, we see in, in different places in the Scripture, is that a rare faith to find? Even in your own life and different seasons and times or in the people that you minister to, is it is it rare to find that kind of faith today? That's my question. Yeah, that's kind of a tough question to answer, Steve. Uh, You're welcome. But uh, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> we're taught, we're told in the scripture to walk by faith and not by sight, and yet, mm. like as humans, like we walk by everything we see and that's right. taste, touch, yeah. feel. Uh, we're yeah, that's we the are, challenge, right? Yeah, yeah, and so it's. I think part of our journey is, as as believers is trying is to not be. Uh, not to walk by what we can see, touch, smell, hear, all the all our senses, but actually walk by faith. And you yeah. know, the scripture tells us, like, to be carnally minded 
is death and destruction, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Mm. And hey, repeat that. So repeat to that. be carnally minded is mm-hmm. death and destruction. Mm-hmm. And so that's not necessarily talking about sin, even though it can be. It's just carnally minded is to think like the world, to, our senses, mm-hmm. to be moved and uh, drawn by our senses. But uh, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Mm. And so that's what God God's calling us to, is to be spiritually minded and to see ourselves uh, as God sees us. Yeah. So the question, though, is why is that so challenging for us? I mean, do you think it's sometimes it's because we're just so distracted, that that there's just so much for us to fill our lives and our days and our times, that, that having that mind of Christ that you were describing yeah. is so hard? And we live in a world that is so um, busy, yeah. That is so attractive in a lot of ways. There's, listen, there's a lot of cool things to, yeah. to engage in today, a lot yeah. of fun things that you can do. And so having time to really um, be intimate with the Scripture, with God, with, you know, um, uh, to be spend time in, in prayer, much less, you know, praying without ceasing is, is challenging for us. And yet those things are the disciplines ultimately that lead to what you were saying about having the mind of Christ, right. you know, a spiritual mind. And I think yeah. that that's really challenging um, for all Christians and for even for us as pastors and directors oh, of ministry. I mean, I think that's, that can be very challenging. We can find ourselves, you know, ministering even out of our flesh yep. rather than out of the Spirit. Yeah, so let me ask you guys another question, something that I was thinking about a lot yesterday um, that I thought was pretty intriguing. So John brought out a couple of questions that um, I think the – or he thought maybe the Thessalonians – is that how you say that? Thessalonians? That's how I say it. So that they were potentially thinking, um, you know, which were, were something, again, that I don't think we would have ever seen in the text. But once he mentioned them, you can certainly see how, how they would have – Poss- uh, potentially been asking them. And they had to do with how Paul um, knew what they were going through, like the persecution and all of that. And yet, he chose to write to them, really through through Timothy, from another place. Mm. And and the question that JP was asking is like, that they might have been asking is, why did he do that? Like, why didn't he come? Like, why did he decide to, to stay? Because he specifically said, I decided to stay away. And I think that would be really, really challenging. And um and uh you know and I think we can certainly understand how they may have been thinking that and so I just want to just bring that up to you guys and see what you guys thought of that because I thought that was compelling. Uh, no, it is. I like I honestly don't know why why necessarily he he chose to stay away. I, but at the same time, he was an apostle. He was a church planner. Mm-hmm. He was not just looking after the church of the Thessalonians. Yeah, like he's looking after other churches, mm-hmm. but. I could totally like put myself in their shoes, like mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm just being honest, uh, like I've put way too much emphasis on a leader uh, mm-hmm. before. Somebody who's spoken to my life, somebody who's, who's blessed me. I've who I've learned, uh, um, and you know, I've just really gained a lot of insight from the uh, by the word of God from them. And uh, but I know that honestly, like sometimes the healthiest thing is for them to be away. So that you don't trust, put your trust in man, but wow. you put your trust in the Lord. Well, and that was that was JP's point. Right. I think that's that's the point he was bringing out. You know, I Brian had us read a book a while ago, and I can't remember the name of the book, but I remember the author was Brene Brown. Mm. And one of the points that she made in that book that I thought was super powerful was she said that we take facts about a situation, like we have this fact, and then we have this fact, and we have this fact, and we have this fact. 
Um, and then we draw lines between those facts, and those lines become a narrative. Yeah. They become a story of what actually happened right. when it isn't what actually happened. And right. but in our minds, that's what happened. Yeah. And and so we start, you know, we start believing, we start reacting and responding to all this, and when we really don't know, you know, yeah. what exactly the reason. What I mean, we know a little bit about what Paul was experiencing. You know, that that right. he was for, forbid to come there and all that other stuff. But right. they were all under persecution, so I can see how they were asking the question. But like you said, I thought it was good. We don't know what all Paul was experiencing, and neither right. did they. And yeah. oftentimes in our lives, we don't know what our leaders are dealing with. Yeah. You know, it's so many times we do not know what's happening. And we're frustrated with them because they're not doing what we think they should be doing. Uh, yeah. And we don't understand. And we've, again, maybe we've written a narrative in our minds. So, yeah. well, I think we're making it a little too difficult if you think about it. Um, Thessalonians. So, Thessalonica. We're just owning that word, right? We're owning it because <laughs> yeah. it's a made up word. <laughs> That's right. Thessal- Thessalonica is the place. Thessalonians are the I, people. I think that's the right <laughs> Let me we, get into listen, the question. We've though. made me... words up here before. <laughs> Let me. So, um, if you think about it, Paul is continually preaching a Christ centered life, Christ centered life. Yeah. And, and even he keeps getting word that. These people are baptizing in my name now. Like, what's going on? Like, all mm. of a sudden, I lead them just for a little while, and they start to baptize in my own name. So, yes, mm. these people are very um, prone to kind of take their eyes That's off Christ point. and start thinking, mm-hmm. okay, this, you know, Paul, 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 raising Paul up to Christ's level. I don't think that's necessarily why he's, he wasn't in this situation, but um, I think even the fact that we're we're wondering why wasn't he there instead of just simply writing them why wasn't he there is it just shows how much in in the christian world we value our leaders being around us our pastors being around us mm-hmm. um and and being right in our situation when a lot of times it's just not physically possible yeah. um and we we do raise those leaders up to a standard that they can't meet um and then even when they don't meet them we walk away disappointed yeah. Yeah. so how do you guys deal with that how do you deal with your i mean how have you Change your thinking. Um, do you feel like you've grown? You know, I mean, do you do you has your expectations of leaders in your lives changed um, over the years? Um, have you grown in that, or is it, or or you or not? <laughs> I'm sure you have. Yeah, hopefully I have grown in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, uh, hopefully you know, hopefully I'm I have, but I just try to. I think too, like, um, I just try to lead with grace, and the more like God is you know, allow me to be a leader as well. And so I kind of, I, I think I have more grace for people, you know, now, probably now more mm-hmm. than ever than I did before, um, because I just know the spiritual attack they're under, because I, I know, you know, that just the dynamics of, you know, what yeah. it's like, you know, sure. being a leader. So, Well, one of the reasons I think this is such a relevant question for us today is because I think trusting leaders has become an absolute rare thing. Yeah. I mean, think about, you know, uh, in our culture, People don't trust um, political leaders. They don't trust uh, leaders in the media. Um, and in some ways in the church, in many ways in the church, we don't trust uh, leaders in the church. I mean, the church struggles to trust its own leaders in a lot of ways. I was thinking yesterday that um, recently there was a friend, a person that I knew, like kind of an acquaintance, that, um, you know, he was he was pretty well known. And I knew there would be something online about a situation that he went through and and I was just, you know, was burdened by it and curious to to know more about it. And so I, I looked it up, and then it was just like 
one story after the next, after the next, not about not about this person, but about just a lot of other church leaders. And it can make you feel like, how can you trust any church leaders? Yeah. But in reality, it's a handful of people among tens of thousands of people, pastors and, and church leaders who are leading the church. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a relevant challenge for us, I think, because I mean, we have become such a distrusting you know, society. Right. And, and I think it's extremely unhealthy for yeah. us. And um, I think that it seems as though Christ would have us uh, to believe, especially in, in, in our church leadership, um, to believe until un, until it's come straight to our doorstep right. that there is a, something that that we have to address, well, and then we need to address it personally, you know. Um, anyway, assuming the best, right? People, yeah. There first. you go. You know, and the te- here's the thing: the text didn't imply that he didn't care at, at all. In fact, it really, if you're you know, as you look further down. Um, the reason that he sent Timothy was he was dying to know how they were doing, right, right, you know, because yeah. he knew about their he knew about their persecution, and he knew about what they were dealing with. And it said that you know I couldn't wait any longer. It right. said so. What did I do? I I I couldn't come, so I, so I sent Timothy. So the real story is that he actually cared deeply. Yes, he cared deeply. You know, and and yet I totally see where J- JP was going. That I'm right. sure there were people sure. who are like, where are you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where are you? Anyway, I thought that was uh, a, a compelling thought. Thank you guys for sharing in that with me. But another thing that I want to just talk with you guys about is how, um, you know, JP pointed out that God used, I thought this was compelling, used a broken man in Paul to send, like we were saying, a broken man in Timothy to encourage and strengthen the faith of an entire community of people um, being the Thessalonians. Um, see, I did good there. There it is. Yeah, there it is. And... Um, uh, and that was a good point, and and I think that should be that should be encouraging to all of us that here you know God uses one broken man to send another broken man who does what who actually brings tremendous encouragement, you know. But uh, don't you guys think uh, that so many folks and in times I think it'd be true of us as well that we struggle um, getting past our past yeah. is the question I wanted to say. You know that that um, we're unable to see ourselves as being okay with God. Um, as far as to really to do significant things in life and, and ministry, um, much less to represent them to other people. And we just get so drugged down by our own, and it might not even just, it might not be, you know, our, it might be not be a sin issue. It might just be a talent issue. Like, I don't have the ability. I don't have the talent. Yeah. Um, I don't have the pedigree, so to speak, to be able to do what what is in my heart to do. Like, there's, like, I feel compelled, but I... I don't feel like I'm good enough, mm. you know, or or that God would use me in that way. I just and don't you guys feel like like that's true for us? Absolutely, man. Yeah, because yeah. you know how messed up you are. Yeah, that's uh, right. You know, and um, I think in God and His wisdom used Paul, yeah, who was a persecutor of the church, literally going out of his way right. to throw Christians in jail and and even. See Christians to their death. Yeah. So how so, long would it have taken him to undo that you know, so, reputation? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So and and he's he even Paul even says like I'm the chief of all sinners. Like yeah. I, I mean, you know, and God. So God chose to use Paul so that nobody could say God can never use me. Yeah. You know, I yeah. I truly believe that. But that's yeah, absolutely. You know how messed up you are. Yeah. And and uh, and so it's a lot. Uh, I, honestly, like if if I was God, like I wouldn't have chose me. 
I could mm-hmm. think I could think of a a thousand reasons, you know, not to use me because I know how I know how I am in my mm-hmm. flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but God in His goodness, He wants to use us. He wants to uh, use us for His glory, and um, He wants us to be ministers of the gospel. Yeah. yeah. So I remember when you came here, um, I was kind of I kind of helped you. I get into your, the role that you had you previous sure to this one at Thank another you, church. Steve. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then, and then, uh, partly through that, those relationships, you ended up coming here and and serving here. So that was going from a relatively small church yeah. to a relatively large church. And I'm sure that there was some insecurities. And you know, am I ready for all of this? I, I remember those conversations. Yeah. And remember telling you, bro, uh, you know, this is what God wants for you. And I remember you, you know, really um, having a lot of fear around that. Absolutely. Yeah, but you've done great. That's the, I appreciate that's that. The, that's the beautiful point. And it's been fun watching you grow, yeah. you know, as a worship. I thought about that, about that yesterday, Spencer. I, when I was just listening to you lead worship um, yesterday and, and transition between songs, I just, I just thought, man, what, how much you have grown um, just as a, an efficient and effective minister, how you help us see um, the beauty and the message of a song, you know that that Appreciate we have the that. we have the privilege of of singing to God. So, I mean, I I do I I think our insecurities though um, just cripple us in so many ways. Well, going back to our our point about how we view leaders too, and viewing them as without sin and have lived a previous mm. life without sin, I feel like a lot of time we do that to uh, one another. We hold mm. each other to. Um, a standard as if they have figured it out. Um, they've it, it, even if they've been following Christ for ten years, for fifty years, or a day. That that moment of following Christ, you have to be perfect from there, mm-hmm. um, and that you have to be totally refined from there. And then when we see, uh, we don't give ourselves enough grace, but sometimes we don't even extend the grace to others. And that kind of brings me to my next point, um, or, or JP's point that kind of led us in as we wrap up. So JP said that when we don't live in total surrender to God and His love for us, we will become absent of redemptive love for others. Mm -hmm. How do you see this playing itself out? What does the absence of redemptive love, as JP described, look like? Well, let me... Spencer, can I jump in on this? Yeah, go I've been for talking it. a lot today. I'm supposed to be a host. That's because you're the smart one. <laughs> right. no, 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 that is not that is not the truth. But you know, so you use the word redemptive love. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's the key to it because uh, John 14 says that we love because He first loved us, and so that means what motivates our love for people is our own redemption, right? And we long for them to feel what it's like to be loved by God in that way because we have experienced that. And so JP was saying that, you know, for us to have an effective, a consistent, joy-filled, burden-free, not, you know, to, to whatever, it's always a burden to, to minister, but, but is to, to continue to appreciate through the disciplines of, of, Christ, of, of the Christian faith to just consistently remember that what, what drives us is that redemption that we have experienced not just experienced when we when we um came to Christ the first time that was that was wonderful and that was great and and that motivates us a lot but it's the redemption that we felt today 
or we're feeling today, we felt yesterday because God, we have, you know, we didn't trust you in this, or we don't have the power to do that. And, and God just redeems our hope and he redeems our faith and, and he redeems our joy. And so we tell um, a lot of people in our next steps class, we said, listen, li- uh, your purpose is to live a fully devoted follower of Christ. We came here to lead people to become fully devoted followers. And so to their part in that is to become a fully devoted follower, right? And so what that becomes your purpose in life. That's what I want to do with my life is yeah. is to become a fully devoted follower. What well what is what motivates that? Yeah. Well what motivates that is is um is the appreciation for what that God loved us first. That's right. You know, yeah. and that we love because he first loved us. And so I think that that's it ultimately um to just to start this conversation is it comes back to that word. You know, it's kind of a a little bit of a doctrinal word that he used yesterday, yeah. but but it was a good word yeah. because I think it's 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 key, you know, that it is that redemptive love that allows us, you know, to have the the, the motivation yeah. that we need. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's we love him and we love others because he first loved us, and I think, you know, if people don't see the love of Jesus in us, they don't want what you got. Well, that's it, and uh, and uh, you know, he. Even mentioned uh, in First Corinthians thirteen, you know that the scripture like, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, like I've just become like a sounding gong, clinging symbol. Mm. That when you tr- when you serve out of any motivation except for love, that's it's it's really for nothing. It's just it's just a bunch of noise. Mm. And um, so I like for me, and I, I've had to do this even recently. Like, Lord, you said that you've poured out your love in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Help me to love people. That's like, cool. I don't just want to serve. I don't yeah. just want to uh, lead worship or whatever I'm doing if I'm not doing it in, in genuine love for people. Mm. Um, and uh, I've not arrived in this area, but I, hopefully I'm moving forward. And right. so I love what you just said, because I think ultimately loving people comes as a result of loving God. Yeah. You know, we love God and we love others. Yeah. But it's because we love God yeah. and because we know that he loves others so much right. that right. that we can't it's impossible to love God without yeah. without caring about what he cares about. Think right. about you guys are our parents, right? Yeah. And you know, as 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 your kids continue to grow up, you're going to you're just going to continue to love the things that they love. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll you'll be you'll be into whatever they're in. So if they're into baseball, you're going to be into baseball yeah. because you love them. And, and you want to, uh, you want to participate. You want to, you want to, uh, be a part of, of whatever they're a part of, right? Because you love them, yep. you know? And so I think that that, so that's why I think it's redemptive love is because it, it just feeds and is fueled, um, off of our redemption. And if we, if we've lost sight of that, um, it becomes very difficult to love people the way that we know that God wants us to love other people. Yeah, and I mean, even JP mentioned it yesterday, um, kind of how we can, uh, how did he say, a, a clanging gong, yeah. just if we're if we're not practicing what, what we preach, and if, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, we're living in, in opposition um, to what, what we say we, we believe, and if we're, we're being honest, that can look really nasty in, in the church when, when we... We'll say we believe one thing, but then to our, our brother or sister in Christ are so nasty and, and um, lacking of grace for them to encouragement for them and coming alongside of them. Um, Can I just jump in here for a second? Yeah. Just, just for a second. So do you, do you think, like we see our culture, 
trying to be so gracious and loving and accepting of everybody and everything. And um, I think it, I, I think what I'm seeing, and I don't know. I hope this doesn't sound judgmental, but kind of what I'm seeing is um, uh, people attempting a gospel, but without its power, because it's not a gospel. It, yeah. It's a gospel according to man. So, but I think because we're made in God's image, there is there is that there is uh, that thing within us that says we should love. But we can't love because it's not coming from God. Genuine, you know, yeah. it's it's in and of ourselves, and so it just is broken, and it's messy, and it's wrong, and it's just it, it's just in so many ways ends up being because it, it because it can't be consistent because it's a love that we're trying to create and make up. You know, JP even mentioned that yesterday. It, it's 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 a love that we've created according to what we think is love, but we have to learn love. From God, yeah, it's you know a love I mean? without. He is right. right. It would be a love without without truth, which right. isn't That's really it. a love at all. Right. Um, it would have to be a hundred percent grace right. and a hundred percent truth as right. Jesus embodied. Right. right. Um, and and loving people is coming to them with a hundred percent grace yeah. and and truth. Yeah. You can't you can't love someone. Um, it's a brother or sister yeah. in Christ as they're as they're blatantly um in sin. It's loving to go to that person and, and we see a model in scripture in Matthew. It's lovingly to go to that person and 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 make things right and show them kind of what, what you're yeah. seeing in their life. But um I mean you bring up a really great point and I wish we had thirty more minutes <laughs> That's right. um to go over it. But um it if you're listening to today's podcast or maybe you listened to the message yesterday and you're not you're still not feeling like you understand all that all that clearly or maybe you've sat in small group before and you're just you're you're not grasping some some things, and maybe it's just because there's a prior knowledge that you don't yet have. Um, we as a next steps podcast, we love to continue to bring up a conversation that that um, allows people to understand more. But sometimes uh, maybe your next step is to sit through the next steps class. Mm-hmm. Um, next steps class is something we offer here at Westridge, which gives it is basically what we believe one oh one a good starting place. Even before you were to lead a group or to, to even join a group, um, and next steps are, are next step classes are happening in person again here at Westridge on Sundays. Um, and if that's something that you would want to join in, I would ask you to go to westridge.com slash next steps to see when the next next steps class is that you can join in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the next steps podcast is going to be great to continually weekly give you guys a conversation to listen into, enhance the way you chat in groups. Or with people who who you're even discipling in life, but we'd love for you if if things are maybe not making sense, and this was a heavy topic, and yesterday was a heavy heavy topic. Jump into the next steps class so you can kind of get a base level, one oh one of what we believe here at here at Westridge. Would you agree with that, Steve? Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a great class. It's our partnership class, and so it's kind of where you can um, come in to see if you know if you want to partner with us and ultimately in ministry. And we do we do talk about you know where. The foundation of our belief, um, and but we, but the ultimate and the reason we call it next steps is we want to help you take your next step right. of discipleship, and so we do. We talk through you know prayer and and uh, and reading the scripture and, and getting something from it. We talk about all those those kind of disciplines of the faith, and and we wrestle through it together and over those those weeks. And um, we always get great feedback from that class. Yeah, 
And we always do. And um, so if you want to partner with us and become part of our church, um, it's the thing to do. Yeah. Four weeks in person here mm-hmm. on Sundays at Westridge. Yep. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been another great conversation. Thank you, Spencer, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Love what you do on Sundays, and thank you for joining us here today. Appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. Well, guys, it's been another great conversation. We're excited to have this same conversation again next week, Monday morning. If you haven't already, set your uh, notifications so that when you subscribe to our podcast, you know when new content is dropped each Monday around noon. So until then, guys, we look forward to it. But until then, know that you are loved.